0: Boxed, ready for Saturday morning's greyhound racing wrap across Victoria. RSN nine two seven is talking greyhounds. And good day from JT. Wherever you're listening around the state of Victoria or on one of our many relays here on RSN nine two seven in Melbourne. Welcome to Talking Greyhounds. Howdy, Simone Fisher.
1: Hello, John Thwaites, to hey. get that name out, Thwaites, a bit of a mouthful sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's why I call myself JT. How JT, you doing?
1: <laughs> Very well, thanks. What is on our show today?
0: It's a big weekend for greyhound racing.
1: It sure is. Today we'll be joined by Sean Stanton, who's GRV's Greyhound Rehoming Manager, ahead of the National Adoption Day tomorrow at the Meadows, and Matthew Wright, who has Lightning Frank engaged in the Warnable Cup next Wednesday.
0: Yeah, big chance uh, after last night's uh, effort. uh, Before we have a listen uh, to those two gentlemen speaking, let's see what's been making news in the world of greyhound racing this week. Uh,
1: Loads of news this week, John. Firstly, Victorians were unable to claim victory in the Perth Cup last Saturday night, even though we had five contenders, but it was local greyhound Trooper Minnelli that was too good for uphill Jill Hecton Bale and Strike Alight who filled the minor placings. And and Sam, he was nothing short of sensational in the galaxy, was Ooh, he?
0: Oh, yeah. Just can't mm. wait for the RSN 927 Sandown Cup. Do you reckon Rob Britton's going to have a hand?
1: Uh, I think so. And um, then you've got Tornado Tears, who's stepping up in distance as well. Oh, that mm. was a big win on
0: Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, back huge. to the 595. Mm. Didn't look comfortable at any stage, that pup.
1: No. No, he's got um, he's got something going on. Yeah, very, very smart, isn't
0: he? I think the key there is the will to win and the race smarts.
1: I think so, just like Rip and Sam. Mm. Mm, Litter Brothers. Indeed. And Julie's heading back up to Wentworth Park tonight for heat of the ladies bracelet so she should do well I would think. I would say so Yeah, seven heats of the Warrnambool Cup will run on Wednesday night and our our outstanding field of chasers will be lining up for the $47,000 to the winner final there is pace galore but um, we say it all the time but it is one of the best fields I've seen there Um, for quite some time
0: The the heats were strong so you always were going to get a a quality field but it just goes to show the depth of greyhound racing here in Victoria. We are coming off the Perth Cup last week Mm. and here we are we've got a Group 2 race with 47 grand but look at the field that yeah. field there next Wednesday night could have run run in the Perth Cup
1: it, it could have for sure yeah absolutely it just, it just goes to show the depth doesn't it mm. um, the National Adoption Day tomorrow at the Meadows from 11 till 3 we'll hear about uh, that more about that shortly and the Meadows have decided to make all trials free what A fabulous move. I mean, it's going to save trainers thousands.
0: So from a, from a trainer's perspective, Simone, was it what? Five or ten dollars to trial?
1: Uh, Usually about eight dollars to trial. If you booked online, it was, uh, you got a, a small discount. Um, but. Some tracks after the last, so trainers want to trial on a, tri- on a race track. Well, so they're there, so. They're there, yeah. or they want to take the dog that's coming back from injury on a, a race track, so they know they can gauge the time from the times run on the night. Uh, sometimes at a half field to, or to buy out the field so you get a solo trial, it, it can be $40 or $20 at some mm. tracks. So, I think it, there will, I'm sure Sandown will come up with something now. The provincial tracks, I think they do rely on the revenue from their trials yeah. to support the club.
0: And I suppose they have to staff it too. you need a lure driver and handlers and what have you.
1: That's right. And the Meadows obviously have that as well, but they're looking for a way or they're going to absorb that. I, I think it will encourage people to trial there as well uh, before they race. A lot of dogs do go around first start on a track sight unseen. Mm. Sometimes it's circumstance. Sometimes it's just the way that the trainers do it. Sometimes dogs go better fresh. Um, but... Gee, what a what a move! Well done mm. to
0: to Marg Long and the team, Eddie Caruana out of the meadows. Well played.
1: The Speedstar trials continue tomorrow and next Sunday at Sandown with the finals to be run on May the 10th, so really looking forward to that. GRV have released the new 2018-19 racing calendar that sees 1,192 race meetings with $47 million in prize money, a boost of $2.55 million. Coursing is also receiving an increase in stakes of about $40,000 across the season. So that brings the coursing in line with Tier 3 stakes, okay. which I think that's um, another mm. fantastic move because... You've still got to train your dogs. You've still got to get to the tracks and all that for mm. coursing. It shouldn't be any less than like the minimum that is being paid out for dogs around the circles.
0: Indeed, good news there from GRV. Uh,
1: the final version of the Code of Practice has been updated and released and will come into effect in 2020. GRV are dedicating a web page for people to get information and support for all things relating to the code. Uh, basically, participants have 20 months to get things in order that are code compliant. Um, I haven't looked at the revised code. I can't comment on it as yet, but I haven't heard the the uproar that we heard for the first one. So yes, perhaps it, it's a lot more uh, realistic.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear, and obviously the the, the consultation process that GRV has gone through. Uh, they've liaised, of course, with the agricultural department, which I think actually put this, these, uh, together, yeah. d- these sort of rules and regulations, code of practice together. So mm. GRV was sort of standing by watching it, but it was actually the agricultural department that, uh, that had the final say. Uh,
1: that's right. And, um, it was. Yeah, it was not workable at all, the first one. Don't even need to go down there. Um, So
0: well done to uh, to all concerned there. So uh, we'll talk about that in the next uh, few months.
1: Yes, uh, the government have also handed down its decision that non-racing greyhounds do not need to be muzzled in public as of the 1st of January 2019. However, they still need to be on a leash. And I think it's great for the breed as long as people are responsible with their greyhounds all the time and don't all of a sudden think that... My dog doesn't need a muzzle. It must be cat safe and little dog safe. I think anyone adopting a greyhound, and I'm sure GAP do Mm. put the information out there, that they need to be aware that they're a breed that are prey-driven. And um, just because it isn't muzzled does not mean that it is absolutely bomb-proof out in public. And it should never be off a leash. I mean, no dog should ever be off a leash. (laughs) I was about to say,
0: Simone... um, Every owner has to take responsibility for the for the for the canine because you just don't know what they are going to do. Oh, they can be don't. so well mannered and so well trained but there mm. always has to be the level of responsibility for the owner to exercise.
1: Absolutely but um John Look, we could have this discussion all day, but you only have to go out to a park, to walking paths, and there is always someone who thinks that their dog is invincible and Mm. will have it off a lead. Well,
0: it shouldn't be, Uh, regardless of the breed.
1: That's exactly it. Mm. And sometimes it's the little dogs that cause more trouble. (laughs) Than yes. And the actual <laughs> bigger very, ones. <laughs> very, very
0: true.
1: Uh, finally, I had the pleasure of hosting the Shepherd and Greyhound Awards la- night last Saturday night, as you know, and it was a terrific event again with many locals attending, receiving awards for their services and achievements. The Shepherd and Mayor Kim O'Keefe and local MP Wendy Lovell were both in attendance, and Kim said to me after, she said, oh, it's been a great night. She said, I love coming to this event. She e- even passed up an invite to some other event that night to come to the Shepherd and Greys. So, Excellent. I think, well, they're doing a great job down mm-hmm. there in the community then, but a <laughs> bit of an embarrassing moment when I was seated next to a guest that I'd actually had on the show, but um, we'd never met. His name was Paul Baker. Anyway, it was all forgiven, and um, I had to think back what I had him on the show for. It was all good. But a shout out to Paul's father-in-law, John Tannock, who listens to this show every Saturday morning. So I informed Paul that there is an easier way for him to listen. If you'd like to have a a sleep in one Saturday, and that's why oh I podcast. Oh no, uh,
0: no, 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 John. I'm up. Simone's up. You better be up. And I, I assume you're listening through twelve sixty a.m. there in Shepherd. Uh, and did you do any dancing or karaokeing there, uh, Simone?
1: I, I didn't actually. No, huh? no, I didn't get up and um, dance. I was just happy liaising and.
0: Networking. networking. You were networking. Yes, I was. Oh. Well, well, well done to the team. Well, actually,
1: I did. I did get up and do the did time you? warp. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. It's, just come to remember it's that. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> Talking of Todd McKenney, time warp, Rocky Horror Show. Isn't that all? Isn't that all part of it? Oh, yeah. I great stuff. Great stuff. Frank and Frank and <laughs> Yes. All
0: right. Uh, we'll leave Rocky Horror over there for the moment. Let's hit the phones and have a sh- chat to a very busy man at the moment, Sean Stanton, out there at GRV. Now, Simone, we know every Saturday night the Meadows hosts top-quality greyhound racing and this week in the Level 1 dining room we present a glorious seafood buffet. Oh, Just bring me to the scallops and the oysters right now. Gates open at 6 o'clock with dining from just $45. A sensational seafood buffet tonight. For more details, visit (laughs) themeadows.com.au.
1: Once making news around the kennels? Good morning, Sean. Thank you for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning. Uh, A big day ahead tomorrow with the National Adoption Day. Can you tell us all about it?
2: Yeah, thanks, Simone. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I think uh, for a couple of years now, we've been uh, working towards this National Greyhound Adoption Day event. Uh, It's terrific that we've managed to get All the states on board and yeah, the event will uh, take place tomorrow out at the Meadows uh, commencing at 11am.
1: How did this all come about? I mean, it sounds like a a bit of a logistical challenge to get all the states on board considering that the adoption programs in each state are all different stages. Uh, Was it a hard task?
2: Yeah, spot on. It's been, it's probably been nearly two years in the making. Uh, Obviously, We've been running these events for for a number of years now, but um, a couple of the other states haven't. So we've uh, we've worked really closely, particularly over the last probably nine or ten months, to get the event up and running. But it's just it's brilliant that we've all managed to come on board. Um, we've we've uh, worked out what day we're going to hold it on, uh, and everyone's all guns ablaze to, to make it work to, on Sunday. So yeah, really looking forward to it. it uh, logistically, it has been challenging, but obviously. All the programs across the, the country are really passionate about this particular event, and uh, yeah, so it's been a challenge, but it's going to be well worth it come Sunday night.
1: I think so. Now, tell us about Todd McKinney. I mean, he's uh, a, a terrific ambassador for this, given that he reaches far wider audiences than racing. How did you manage to snare him?
2: We've been very lucky there. Uh, so Todd's a, a wonderful ambassador to have on board, and, and like you have touched on, he drew very well known around the country but he uh he's very passionate about the breed and i think uh that's what's most important he he speaks from first-hand experience he he has his two greyhounds nancy hayes and joey but it's uh the the credit must go to, to gap new south wales when when we uh we all agreed to this particular day uh they got on the front foot and got on the phone to todd and and I reckon within 30 seconds he's sort of committed to, to being involved because he is very passionate about greyhounds. Uh, his two greyhounds are the love of his life and, and it's been uh, great to, to get him on board. He, he's been easy to work with. He's, um, he's made himself available, uh, which has been great. And we're, we're lucky enough. He's actually he's currently doing a tour around the country uh, and he's going to be in Melbourne this coming Sunday or tomorrow, so it'll, uh, it'll be great to, to have him out at our event, uh, um, speaking about obviously the day and, and his love for the greyhound.
1: Getting to the adoption numbers now, um, is there 200 ado- greyhounds up for adoption Australia-wide? Is that the figure or what's yeah, the figure in Victoria?
2: Yeah, you're spot on. So we're looking, uh, at a minimum, we're trying to have at least 200 greyhounds available Australia-wide. Well, I think uh, tomorrow at the meadows we we're planning to have close to 70 greyhounds there on the day um, the registrations have been huge so we're hoping and based on um, past experience we're hoping that all the dogs that uh, we have available for adoption tomorrow find homes and, and the same with all the other states they've put a lot of time and effort into making sure they got good numbers of greyhounds available um, the promotion's been obviously um, a key priority for, for this event to be a success, and. A lot of time and effort has gone into not only finding the dogs and making sure they're ready for for the day, but also the promotions. We, we were lucky enough to have a little slot on the Footy Show a couple of weeks ago with our uh, state ambassador Bernie Vince, and so a lot of a lot of time's gone into to promoting the the day. and Registrations look great, and I think everyone uh, is really looking forward to the event.
1: I guess on the flip side, even um, if people don't walk away with a, a greyhound tomorrow, Sean. The fact that they've come and been involved in a community of people that are interested, um, want to know about them, get to touch them firsthand, ask questions, maybe go away, have a think about whether it will actually be the right greyhound or the right dog for them as a pet. It might not be exactly what they anticipate when they get there. That's all about breaking down the barriers and promotion in itself, isn't it?
2: And you, you couldn't have said it any better, and that's the reality of it. We We understand that the adoption days... Um, maybe aren't for everyone but they can at least come out and experience the day and um, interact with the breed and obviously these days that we hold, um, they're only possible through the wonderful network of volunteers that we come that come along and um, volunteer at these events and they're, they're great ambassadors in themselves so people who, who may not know a huge amount about the breed can come along to these days, obviously interact with the dogs, speak to the volunteers, get first hand experience of what they're actually like and Obviously, it's a great opportunity to adopt dogs on the day, but if not, I uh, would like to think that over the, the coming months or even possibly the coming years, that people think about greyhounds as a, as a pet option for their family home uh, and they, they get on board down the track. Obviously, uh, it's a great opportunity to um, promote the programs in each state, and obviously, animal welfare is our number one priority. So. It's great that we can get that across to the the wider public as well.
1: And Victoria, we have been leading the way for many, many years with the adoption program for 21 years, really. So I guess this gives other states confidence as well that yes, we can do it. And if you are involved and you've got the support of Victoria, you can start having these adoption days. Doesn't have to be every month, but you know, even if it's only twice a year, but um, give them a little bit of direction too and um, make them feel supported and and involved in all this, that they can go ahead and start putting plans in place for their future adoptions too.
2: Yeah, and most certainly right. And we we obviously all work really closely together, I think, between all the programs across the country. We have a really, really strong, good working relationship um, with the other programs, and we're always there to lend support and guidance where we can and, and vice versa. So it's a great opportunity, not only for our program here in Victoria to once again promote the breed, uh, but it's also a great opportunity for the other states, and like you said, I've, Victoria have been doing a wonderful uh, job here for for a long period of time now with the rehoming side of it. It's great that the other states are now also on board with that, and and they're doing great things in their own right. So it's really exciting. Uh, and just speaking with the programs throughout the week, I've I've called most of the states to see how they're tracking and see if they needed any sort of last minute advice or guidance, but. They are um, tickle pink on how it's all come together. They are really, really, really excited and uh, I think that it's going to be a, a wonderful day.
1: It sounds like it will be, Sean, and uh, all that work, I know, it will pay off. Uh, <laughs> I guess at times you feel like you think, oh my goodness, what have I got myself into? But I'm sure comes, uh, tomorrow night you'll be thinking, gee, what, what have we achieved? So 11 till 3 tomorrow at the Meadows?
2: Yeah, that's correct. So we've basically got two sessions. Our, our initial session will kick off at 11am and our our afternoon session, I guess, will kick off at 1pm. Uh, uh, we, we have plenty on um, out there on the day. We've got storeholders and we obviously cater the event and it's just a, a really good atmos- atmosphere out there. So we we strongly recommend that if people are, are interested in learning more about greyhounds or possibly looking to adopt that they they jump on the website. So we've, we've set up a, a, a website, which is nationalgreyhoundadoptionday.com.au and obviously we're holding these events all over the country. So um, if you, you are interested, jump on that uh, website, click on the link to your state and that'll take you to, to the event. Uh, register for the event and come out and enjoy what is usually a, a fantastic day. There'll be lots of people leaving with our uh, very happy uh, kids and there'll be smiles all, all around as uh, these dogs find their forever home. So it's really, really exciting.
1: And is Todd making an appearance at the Meadows, Sean?
2: Yeah, he certainly is. Wow. So he's, he's giving up some of his time to come out uh, on, on the day to to spend some time with the the public. So he, uh, as I said, I can't speak highly enough of Todd. He's been brilliant to work with. He's so passionate. Um, like most of the people that are going to be there tomorrow uh, yeah, on Sunday or tomorrow about the breed. So, It's uh, really, really exciting to have him on board. And like I said, a lot of time and effort has gone into this event. Uh, It's obviously a very first one, but we're hoping that we can make it an annual event down the track. Um, And no doubt tomorrow will be a great success for for all states, and then we, we move forward and get bigger and better next year.
1: I'm sure you will. Thanks for joining us this morning, Sean.
2: Thanks for your time.
0: RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Busy man Sean Stanton out at GRV fast time Simone.
1: Cooter mayhem at Geelong for Jason Sharp at 22:43 over the 400. Swift Ruby at 23:07 at Horsham for, over the 400 for William Robertson. Poke the bear that flying 29:46 at the Meadows over mm. the 525 for Shona Thompson. Tornado Tears, 33.91, the 5.95 at Sandown for Rob Britton.
0: Big, big, big run.
1: It certainly was. Scott Keeping, 37.39 over the 6.50 at Warnable for Brett Bravo. Jimmy Neawob at Warnable also for Cal Greeno, a 24.87 there over the 4.50. And Dinah Hunter, a 21.93 at Ballarat for Steve Collins over the 3.90. There was a lot of other very quick times mm. that broke 25 at Warnable, but just haven't got time to mention them all.
0: It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Well, John's Run of the Week will be Tornado tears on Tuesday night, but I'm not eligible. (laughs)
1: Look, a a toss-up, isn't it? But Poke the Bear, 29.46 at the Meadows, he's the fifth fastest chaser Mm. to have gone around the track now, led all the way, as opposed to Zipping Archie in one of the other races there that night, that um, was very polite. In the shadows of the post, and said, "Here you go." He wanted to be social, didn't it he? Was uh, so well,
0: well, poke, <laughs> poke the bear. Um, that pup is going to win a big race very, very shortly. All right, you're listening to Talking Greyhounds here on RSN Nine Two Seven. The other side, well, we'll have a chat to Maddie Wright, who puts the polish on Lightning Frank.
1: Love your doggies, the Greyhound Leader, RSN Nine Two Seven. What's making news around the kennels? Welcome back to Talking Greyhounds. I'm joined now by Matthew Wright, who is a trainer of Lightning Frank. And Matthew, gee, what a win on Wednesday night. Yeah, g'day,
3: Simone. Yeah, no, he went well. It was very pleasing.
1: Only his fourth start for 2018 Lightning Frank and um, finds himself now in the heat of the warnable Cup. So perhaps not the preparation you were wanting.
3: No, not really. We sort of... Um been battling with a few injuries with him, Simone. Um, yes, most of them are pretty well documented. So um, we sort of had him right there a couple of times sort of leading into into um, March and, and early April and things sort of just kept on going wrong. So he, he had a little bit of fitness behind him. But um, I think, obviously, only having those few 450s, he, he should find some improvement on Wednesday, hopefully.
1: One of those 450s he ran a, a flying 2494 at Ballarat. He's also... Uh, one at Warnable in 25.65, but um, gee, a massive run 24.94 around the 450 on Wednesday night. So, there was a lot of improvement from his last run at Warnable to the heat.
3: Yeah, that's right, Simone. I think, um, what might have contributed to the Warnable run, I think, uh, he had that 450 at Ballarat where he went really well, but it was a real gut buster for him. He was chasing, um,
1: Zoom, zoom out.
3: out, which as you know is a fine little bitch. and he sort of really had to had to pull out the big guns to, to run her down. He, he did it comfortably in the end, but I was sort of hoping he might have got a bit of a softer run um, in that race. It didn't work out that way, and, and I possibly may have backed him up a little bit too quick. Um, he might have needed a bit of a bit of a spell after that gut buster and then sort of brought him back a bit gradually. But um, he seems to have pulled up a lot better um, after Wednesday's run. He's not showing any of those sort of signs. so them ahead for Wednesday. Uh,
1: certainly. Were you confident heading into the heat? Because he had trialled well there, hadn't he? Yeah,
3: he had trialled well, Simone, but he, he's sort of a dog that generally trials pretty well. It's just, he, he wasn't really, he put those two runs in one at warnable where he won obviously, but we, he was still um, very below his uh, expectations of him. And, and his go run was a real head-scratcher. He sort of just come out horrible and couldn't get going and he sort of got past a few dogs in the end down the straight, but he just, he looked really scratchy and uncomfortable and, um, you know, was sort of wondering whether the injuries had got on top of him, but um, we sort of tried a few different things, had some tests and that done and and, and treated a, a, an injury that we found and um, he sort of bounced back pretty well. So, in saying that, the, the Warnable trial, that's basically sort of, we really want him to trial that well before we went to a race like the Cup, which he which he fortunately did.
1: He must have been wrapped to see that he's got some of his early dash back because his last few runs in his form, he just hasn't been beginning like we know he, we, he could. So to see him come out, uh, box seven or box eight in the heat, I should say, and he showed some early dash again, that must be giving you some confidence going into the final.
3: Yeah, it is, Simone. I mean, realistically, you know what these races are like. If you, <laughs> if you don't sort of come out at least with them, you're not really in the hunt unless something goes horribly wrong up front. Um, yeah, so especially from the red, it's, it's a tricky box at Warrnambool, I reckon. It probably is at most tracks. Um, if you miss it that half a length in, at this level, they sort of come across and you just end up, you know, in the middle of the pack. And you, you a dog like him, he needs a bit of room to. to once he gets into his rhythm, he's all right. But he just needs those few few strides to get going and get balanced and, and really let down. In um, saying that, you know, he, he might he might begin with him and, and push through and, and hold his spot. That's sort of what the plan will be. But whether that um, plays out that way, it's hard to know. It's, uh, you think about it all the time. But you never really know until race
1: night. A few sleepless nights coming up, and of course you've <laughs> got, <laughs> you've got pace on your outside. Aston Dinigan, Jimmy Neewob, he really can't afford to make a mistake, and I know you are disappointed with coming up with the red, which, um, sounds ironic because that's what most yeah. people want, but, and he has won off the red. He won the Silver Chief, wasn't it, um, off the red at the uh, Meadows? Yeah,
3: I think he won his. Um, I think he won his semi-final off the red, right at, at the Meadows. Yeah. But yeah, that's when he was really beginning a lot more
1: um, consistently. Sort of consistently yeah. and he had
3: that that real turn of foot once he hit the deck. But I think he might have just lost that, you know, length to half a length early, just due to the injuries he's had, like with his hocks and, and the Achilles. It sort of it just takes in that couple of strides to really get into his rhythm. Um, and with the red, I mean, it's, it sounds like you're sort of crying over <laughs> spilt milk, but it's the more the fact that you get it in your head, you know, you get him to this level and you, and you're real you're just desperate for the, for the box you want in your mind. And of when course. it doesn't come up, you sort of get a bit of a let down. But, you know, that's racing. At the end of the day, you just, you deal with what you've got to deal with and you just do your best to get him right on the night. And, and it's up to the dog. I mean, you, you could have the pink and come out three behind him. It wouldn't make any difference, you know. So, um, you just, that's, that's part of the game. You. you got to get the dog right and hope he does the right thing for you at race night.
1: I'm sure he will do the right thing for you. Uh, you've got a lot of local pressure, though. The only local dog in the field, and um it's been 19 years since Kevin Mugovan took out a honourable Cup, another local. so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't realise it had been that long, to be honest with you. I yeah. think they've had a few classic winners locally, but, um, yeah, yeah, it seems... Oh, I
3: can remember that Cup. It doesn't seem that long
1: ago. I so can... It there, yeah, I, I can too, and do you know the funny thing? I can remember Jonathan Brown standing up there at the presentations, and he was only yeah. about 15 at the time.
3: Yeah, I know, it's... Um, yeah, so oh, hopefully we can turn the tables and get one back to the local. Lads. But, yeah, the locals are really good. They get right behind the dog and, you know, sort of everywhere you go, people are, are asking about him and that sort of thing. More so now he's back sort of racing. People have sort of got a bit more interested. But, yeah, yeah, it's good for the sport. Anything that gets new people involved it's good. So um, hopefully he does not proud on Wednesday.
1: No, I'm sure he will do you proud, win, lose or draw. So best of luck, Matthew, and thanks for joining us.
3: No worries, Simone. Thank you.
0: Now, Simone, we know every Saturday night the Meadows hosts top-quality greyhound racing and this week in the Level 1 dining room we present a glorious seafood buffet. Oh, just bring me to the scallops and the oysters right now. Gates open at 6 o'clock with dining from just $45. A sensational seafood buffet tonight. For more details, visit (laughs) themeadows.com.au. doggy news. From start to finish, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Maddie right there who puts the uh, polish on. Lightning Frank will be a real life chance in next Wednesday night's Bull Cup. Dogs to follow, Simone
1: uh, Orson Allen was last week's dog to follow. He's engaged in the maiden final tonight at the Meadows, race one number five. My dog to follow this week, Dinah Hunter, that 21.93 at Ballarat, which was first up after a four month spell. It's only had a few starts. Uh, jumps from box eight and a sixth and 7th grade final next Thursday. Uh, he ran a 22 dead on his debut at Warnable so a very fast pup indeed. Best bet. Race 4, number 6 tonight, chasing crackers in the free-for-all at the Meadows over the 600. He's back up in distance after some unplaced runs over the 500s.
0: Okay, chasing crackers tonight, race four, number six out at the Meadows. What's coming up this week, Simone? Oh, a gap
1: day tomorrow, of course. Wannable Carp Speedstar is two weeks away, and Uphill duel tonight in the ladies' bracelet heats.
0: Oh, big, big show. Uh, you enjoy your weekend, Simone? You too, John. In the meantime, you keep those tails wagging. Mm-hmm. OK, short break coming up here on RSN 927. The other side will go talking trots. It's the Big and Cup on tonight. Can Lenny do it? We'll find out in just a moment. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.